1: Hello there everybody and welcome to the What Culture Wrestling AEW Rampage Preview Podcast I have so much phlegm. and my name is Adam Cleary joined by Michael let <laughs> Us two filling in respectively for our far more likeable and over colleagues But you've got us today as we preview the last AEW show and indeed the last podcast of the year Because I must, before we start, I must thank, I must thank from the bottom of my cold dead heart World Wrestling Entertainment, Vince McMahon, and all the good boys and girls at the Fox Network, because they have opted not to put an episode of Smackdown on tonight, meaning we don't have to preview anything there, we can just record this, and that is... Is your lot. But if you're a fan of this sort of thing under its normal circumstances, don't forget to subscribe to Walkers Wrestling, either iTunes, Spotify, every you podcast from, for a daily wrestling podcast where we review and preview any wrestling show that's actually on television and ignore the ones that aren't. But as I say, I'm joined by Michael Hampton to preview AEW Rampage. And my friend, this looks, this doesn't look phoned in at all. This actually looks quite exciting, doesn't it?
2: Yes, it's the end of the year as I know it and I feel fine because AEW are giving us one last hour. It's not too long, it's not too sluggish as you say. We haven't got another dreaded Smackdown to sludge our way through before day one. What I like about Rampage as a concept more than how some of the episodes have played out is that the clock means that there's absolutely no time for any fat. Yes, some matches don't always deliver in the way that you would like but nothing is permitted to outstate is welcome. Correct. And I think when when you talk about um AW not phoning something in, they could have put on a weaker show than this, knowing that it's just an hour and everything will fly by and everything will be slick. But there are some matches of some relative importance, and there might be circumstances that occur that feed into what's going to happen going into 2022. So I couldn't be happier with the state of this as our as our goodbye to 2021.
1: Nor I, Michael Hamlet, nor I, but we shall start. I mean, they actually touched on quite an interesting point there about they could not really do too much here. They could... I mean, people are going to have, with respect to pro wrestling, better things to do this mm-hmm. evening, I would imagine, either over in the United States. So anything they put on, would eat, it's only going to be watched... Put it this way, they could put an amazing show on or they could literally do a clips package. It's going to get watched by the exact same number of people, I would imagine. Yeah. Those are the people who are choosing to watch AEW. But nonetheless, they are delivering us four, counting four exciting segments. And I... I know the order I should go in, but I I just, I'm overexcited. I'm eager. Can we talk about technique by Taz, colon, hook this evening, please?
2: Of course we can. Technique by Taz.
1: As a father yourself, Michael Hamplett, just how over the top is he going to go with this?
2: I don't think he can go over the top enough. Taz has been, (laughs) I I wouldn't say like... Restrained probably isn't the word, but he's been remarkably diplomatic in his assessment of Hook on commentary so far. Mm. He's been there, not ringside, but obviously at the desk for both of his son's matches. And he's clearly loved watching his son go to work and batter these poor victims that have been put in front of him. And indeed, loved sharing in everybody's joy around the Hook character, this feeling, that, that intangible that X factor that they're always looking for in wrestling that seems to be that giving Hook this glow at the moment. But what's been great about Technic by Taz so far is that obviously his legitimate shooter background has informed all these cool mm-hmm. nuances that he adds to his commentary that he then puts over the top of the video package. I want this specific Technic by Taz to be this glowing, favourable A-star report of two matches of his kid i want i want like so he threw the lad from bear country over the top of his head the other week i want slow motion replays of a very nearly broken neck zoomed in on by taz and then taz kind of losing himself for a second he'll be like oh takes me back to my days when i dropped chris jericho in the ECW to be arena or stuff like that and he kind of loses like focus and comes back around it's like hey you guys think that was good you should have seen this kid when he was 16 in the judo championships and then every now and then just losing himself on fatherly tangents before being Taz and getting back to business and showing why his training camp and his indeed, I guess, his parenting builds assassins. This should be as good. <laughs> this should be as good as it is a total blast. Now, my only, my only
1: concern, and you are free to dismiss this out of hand at a stroke, but maybe I've just I'm so conditioned by WWE's way of doing things that I cannot see the title technique by Taz Hook and see it as anything other. And what will end up being an awkward segment designed to start an in-ring rivalry with somebody. Now, Mm -hmm. is there any danger this is anything other than just a lot of fun?
2: (laughs) The way, if they were going to start a rivalry or if they were going to set something up for Hook, it would only be done by that innate anger that Taz has in his soul for just about everybody like t- he would do it as like an offhand comment like ah could you imagine him doing out of that bitch Cody Rhodes or something like that just like because he's <laughs> he's thinking about the things his son could do with people because he's just so fueled for like hatred is his fuel so I would like the idea that he just Taz throws out names without really giving any thought to it and then one of those names fired back me like where I heard you like dropping your punk card on Technique by Taz. I'll batter your son, and then that's setting up a TV match, something like that, just out of Taz's over-exuberant dislike for the the entire human race. You might not be wrong. We might get a match out of this.
1: I'd love it. If, just just to indulge ourselves in some uh, post-New Year's Eve fantasy book. I, obviously, everybody's just listening to this. They can't see the video call we're on. Both, I believe is that is that prosecco you've got as well.
2: Or it you is. The car, it right? is. Yeah.
1: It is. We're both, we're both quite drunk at this point. Excellent. Um, if I could indulge you in some two drinks in fantasy booking, Michael Hamblet, who would you like that to be?
2: Um. Well, I've said you've already, already given
1: you've already given my answer, by the way. You've already given my answer, by the way.
2: That's Cody. Ah. Uh, so there's two, but they're both big punts right? So one is Sting, obviously. <laughs> 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 there's a little bit of uh, like Team Taz, Sting, Darby Allen previous, which I quite like, but. When and it was so funny, and it was funny to begin with, and now you're starting to visualize how real it could be. When CM Punk debuted, the fact that Hook was mostly a meme meant that every single week the cameras would zoom in on a sign that said "Punk fears Hook," and that was a little yeah. bit of fun because it was just oh, like this megastar is back, and he should really the guy in AW needs to be worried about is somebody's son. But that was before we knew what Hook could do. I like the idea of Taz shooting for the moon on behalf of his kid just because he can. So CM Punk as a guy that has had a bit of previous with Team Taz, as a guy that has outwardly said, I am here to test myself against the youngest and the hungriest in his roster. There is currently nobody younger and hungrier than Hook. And we know that because when he's not fighting, he's eating crisps.
1: Again, making him one of the most relatable pro wrestling stars of the <laughs> age. Actually, you've touched on what I do think would be a very good direction for them to go somewhere in twenty twenty two, and that is Darby Allen. I think mm-hmm. that's that's a match that's. I mean, I imagine we'll just have these these uh, hook segments for a long time, where he's literally just battering somebody and say, like, "Look how good, look how good hook is." I would love for his first very serious, like, can he actually
2: go with someone mm-hmm. who can go match? I'd love that to be Darby Allen. I th- I think as well, like someone like uh, Darby Allen has. Has been positioned so far. Obviously, he's one of the four pillars, and he's clearly on this long trajectory to his eventual um, AW World title. As a figure, the type, the type of world champion that WWE would have never booked. So that's he's Correct. kind of AEW's ace in the hole in that regard. Um, but every now and then, Darby Allen fights a guy who makes Darby Allen look physically bigger, who makes him look a bigger star. And I think Hook fighting him will show Allen to be maybe bigger than he would be against is normally, like, larger opponents. It's not just physically, but figuratively as well. So, like, I love the idea of that down the road. And, like, I really don't like Derby Allen. So, seeing Hook chuck him around would be right up my street.
1: And also, I'm uh, with you on that one. One hundred and ten percent. Anyway, we move on with a lovely segue here to Darby Allen. I got so excited when I saw this written down. I misread it as Darby Allen and Sting versus mm. Anthony Bowens and Max Caster. But alas, it's not. It's the it's the seminal wrestling W with a little stroke next to it. Darby yeah. Allen with Sting versus mm-hmm. Anthony Bowens with Max Caster. Any reason to be excited about this?
2: Well. Probably because of what you've just pitched. It's not that yet, but it feels like that's what this may become. This has match to build a match written all over it, and that's not a particular complaint. Um I would expect Darby Allen to beat Anthony Bowens in a singles match, but I would expect the acclaimed as a collective to be a little bit disappointed with that and then probably attack to set up a tag match. AEW like um they give you finishes, but they like Go into the big post-match brawl to move things straight onto the next thing. So you kind of—they're still delivering on their "we don't do cheap finishes," even if they kind of sometimes color outside the lines. So Darby Allen may beat Anthony Bowens here, but I would imagine, just looking at the lay of the land, that this is probably far from it for these four. Whether or not that's a tag match, whether or not Bowens and Castor have. I don't know who this would be. Have a, a third person, and you put Punk back with them for a trios match or something like that, because the the Punk Allen Sting trios match from the other week was really fun. Um, I would expect there to be more of this. I would expect you to get a Darby Allen, a father and son tag match with Sting against the acclaimed off the back of this. Um, the match will probably be decent. Look, it doesn't matter if I think Darby Allen's home videos need to be submitted in trials or whether or not I kind of like. <laughs> don't particularly believe or trust any of who this character is. It's more just the fact that he absolutely does resonate with a large portion of the audience. And to go back on something I said when we were talking about Hook, it absolutely behooves AEW to push very talented guys who WWE would never touch, and he fits Mm. into that bracket. So I think after some pretty big losses in 2021, this will probably be... The kind of the early kickstart of Darby Allen's twenty twenty two. There's probably a tag match to come off the back of this, but he's going to have some big things in like in the year ahead. I think. I haven't really got anything to, to add to this, which
1: isn't just again speculative fantasy booking. But do you ever see like the way they've set up Sting and Darby Allen? Do you not think if anybody's got like a little grenade in their back pocket for suddenly turning heel, it's Darby Allen beating up Sting? Well, I can't think of yeah. anything that's more of a, like an instant. In case of character development, break glass here th- like that. I can't think of anyone who's got that.
2: Yeah, it's it's great. If it wasn't for the fact that they probably have um, one of the more unique baby faces in Allen like mm-hmm. that by wrestling standards. Absolutely, yes. By where they're at with Darby Allen as a character, it feels like you have to go all the way with him as a baby face first. They've kind of before, obviously, he you know took the time off. Um, John Moxley was very much that guy. Somebody that looked as if he could never turn heel was just right there to be a bad guy, to be a villain. He'd done absolutely as much as he could as this mm. babyface saviour of this organization's like world title in the pandemic. Darby Allen probably has to go on that journey as champion first before you mm. do the turn. As much as I like, it's perfectly set up for Darby Allen to feel maybe that he can't quite get out of Sting's shadow without beating him and sending him away first. Well, speaking of, oh, there must be some way I can do this.
1: Speaking of the shadow of the, 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 the living in the, now I've got nothing to take on you. <laughs> before speaking of, oh, there must be something in this. Speaking of.
2: The Oh, here we go.
1: Speaking of there being a sting in the tail, is this going to be the last match
2: we get to see between this foursome? Speaking of you've got nothing, there's nothing left to say about these four. <laughs> like, God damn, I'm sick of it. The thing is, and we talked about, a bit about this on the Dynamite review, Um, they've sold this as a street fight, and I think what the intention here is, they know as well as anybody, that most people have had their fill of this specific match and indeed the single split off matches of these four yeah. in action against one of them but there is now because of brit baker and thunder rosa's epic and st patrick's day there is precedent for AEW letting the women go as hard as the men in street fights there will be blood of that i am sure here um and how we arrive at that blood is mm-hmm. probably going to be up to the four. i don't know whether or not it's going to be chairs or tables or a shoe with Drawing pins stuck to the bottom of it. But I just sense that they're going to be permitted, as the men always are. You know, Cody gets a flaming table. The Young Bucks get the aforementioned drawing pins on a Dior. Like, for parity, you've got to afford the women the same opportunities to be as violent towards one another as the men are. And I think this is how you drain that tiny bit more juice out of this well-worn fruit, is just by letting them go. I could be wrong. This could be another bland disappointment, but I just think why are you going back to it and why are you giving it the stipulation if you're not going to just let them go all in one last time and then, and like on a New Year's Eve show especially, drawing a thick red line under all of this one last time so that we can all just move on with our lives. i want got to say I'm not, obviously as, as a probably as a, as a consequence
1: of not having to have been subjected to as much of it as you have, <laughs> I'm not as down on this match um, and I do actually think that there was maybe a little. There was a, there was enough left in it to justify one more go around the block and making it a street fight. I think if you, imagine if you if you listed every single person currently employed by AEW in order of like how likely you thought you were to see them in a street fight, I'd imagine mm. these four names would eventually have come somewhere pretty near the bottom. So yeah. it does give us something really interesting and like especially in the sense of like this is not this is we certainly weren't waiting for this tag team street fight yeah. at some point where we? well, it didn't feel like it was the inevitable conclusion of this feud. So it gives I think all four of them a real chance to sort of cuz they won't be they won't be unaware that this has dragged on too long and the response mm-hmm. to it isn't great. Like it, it's born out in the TV numbers, it's born out in the audience reactions. They will know that there's like if not a point to prove, but certainly some doubts to to silence. And a real blow away street fight where they really do, you know, push the boat out, perhaps literally with an actual boat, would be it would do that. Yeah. I think fair, fair play to the four of them. That I don't immediately discount the idea that this could be really good. I, I, again, I think they'll, you know. To, Sorry, to, I, just, I your... appreciate what I've just ended there with. Is well done to those four. I'm loosely impressed, <laughs> as if like that's the bar for them. But you know what I mean.
2: No, yeah, that's it. We're not hair ruffling here. To your point, um, wrestlers at least, wrestlers themselves probably have the finger on the pulse way more than we sometimes give them credit for. And in AEW it's the company that can respond to that more than WWE. There is a sense of being able to be a bit of a listening company and the general expression that the wrestlers are afforded. So, yeah, like, I actually think this will be okay. It's just whether or not they can overcome that sense of, I don't want to say dread, but that just sense of disinterest that people have in them at this point. I think they'll be working to overcome that, but I do think they will
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that's pretty much all there is for this, isn't there? Like it, it, people I don't think there's gonna be a lot of interest going in. Certainly the wrinkle of the Street Fighter makes it watchable, but I do I do think mm-hmm. the delivery of it will be a lot better than people are expecting. Now, speaking of the delivery of something being a lot better than people are expecting, cut this old Cody Rhodes TNT title thing where he's got mm-hmm. that new T shirt which says heel Face." what is it heel face
0: winner, winner
1: or something? Is it winner? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, like. that's absolutely, that is hopeless I love this idea that Cody Rhodes Is now playing a character that is based on Everything that he knows we hate About pro wrestlers, but there is also a little bit At the back of my brain, Michael Hamlet, that says he might not be doing that This might just be This might just be him at, oh, he's,
2: The thing with Cody I is say,
1: I should say, you're a big Not an apologist, but certainly You are giving him more benefit of the doubt Than anybody else currently working In wrestling
2: media, I think So do you want to justify that to the boys and girls? So here it is, right? I developed a reputation as somebody that was just, like, omnicritical of Cody Rhodes, simply because, like, a lot of the time, I think he's a bit of a tit. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> I, it's just in 2019, I wasn't quite on the babyface bus as much as a lot of other people. I didn't see mm. him as, like, a lord and saviour figure. Um, but in 2020, like, I try and acknowledge just when things are good. And I thought he was awesome in 2020. Like some of his work as TNT champion against Brody Lee, against Eddie Kingston. I like when he's on. I think there's few better at knowing how to. You know, it's it's more important for wrestlers to just be the best version of themselves than it is be the best. Do you know what I yes. mean? Yeah,
1: yeah and I completely when, agree
2: with that. When Cody's being the best version of himself, I think he's absolutely captivating. And I think winning the TNT title in this version of his character was a captivating element of a story nowhere near as fascinating or as clever as he thinks it is (laughs) and and there will be lots there'll be lots of people that disagree and like i want when you say like i'm i'm sort of i'm kind to this or whatever it's because i want the bigger picture to be whatever it is that he sees i'm just not particularly enjoying several of the like bob ross eh, cute little bushes that he's painting week on week but i'm sure at the end the forest (laughs) will look will look absolutely beautiful um this match, I think, is an example of that. I think this will be really, really good. I think Cody Rhodes and Ethan Page have shown flashes of excellent chemistry in the past. I expect Cody Rhodes to win, but I think there will be tremendous anxiety um, whipped up in Daly's place. You've got to remember this was taped after whatever hell that promo between Brandy Rhodes and Dam Lambert was on Dynamite. So there will be a certain drama whipped up from that that will exist in the match itself. Um, Cody winning... We'll just playing at the stubbornness that the men of the year have that there's you know like he's got the hand of the authority figures on his shoulder mm. all that sort of stuff I, like i think the drama for this i think the title matches are going to be really fun elements of this cody character so it's this sort of stuff i relish more than the type of nonsense we had on wednesday's dynamite i don't
1: even I, I might just end the podcast there yeah. to be honest with you because I, 365 days in, looking for analogy of the year, and you've just gone with that Bob Ross I'm not enjoying <laughs> all the little trees he's painting, but when we get the pull-out shot, it's going to be... I don't even know why I bother, to be honest. <laughs> I'll route around for nice turns of phrase, and you've just, you just whapped that out like it was absolutely nothing. <laughs> um, Yeah, that's... A, yeah, look, I think there are a lot of good ways you can go with this. I think people were obviously displeased with the way he just immediately returned and then dethroned Sammy Guevara, who's been pretty good with the belt, all things considered, mm. and given that he was one of the people who you know really stood to to benefit from the way Cody had elevated the belt with the with the matches you have mentioned there kind of felt like he was stripped of it it certainly wasn't early he had a decent enough run but when mm-hmm. you think like you'd like these champions to to go and add their own stamp on it rather than just getting the warm glow of being in its presence um i think it's hard to argue that he managed to do both of those uh so you could see especially given Especially given what we've seen in previous companies of this stuff being completely motivated by all the cynical elements people will be looking at here. Uh, it's I can understand people's, not distaste necessarily, but certainly them getting a little whiff of something in their nostrils as it's happening. But, as you point out, when he is the best version of himself and when that involves putting on really good matches, where there are stakes like for one of these belts... Uh, it's exceptional and I don't think there's any danger of Ethan Page taking the championship tonight But I do think this would be a good indicator of the kind of matches we're going to see in this particular run With it yeah. um, I, I, Look, you, Ethan Page, whether whether I'm missing a trick here It's probably not somebody who I immediately would have had earmarked as like a future challenger for one of the major champion, championships on this But obviously by being in Cody's orbit, he's going to get that match And whether or not it makes perfect sense or not um, it's gonna be good. It is gonna be good. And I think there'll be a lot of that going forward.
2: I think and and you know, like that in itself, that very idea, highlights and, and underscores why um why cody does warrant a certain amount of rope, I guess. I'll tell you mm. one last I say one last thing. It's never one last thing with Cody, and I think this is what he likes, and I don't particularly like that because I don't think there's I personally don't think there's currency in conversation on this level, but Cody obviously does. It, WWE's booking and Triple H's entire 2000s and Jeff Jarrett Stranglehold over Impact and all that kind of stuff. I believe that a lot of stress that people have over Cody is that he is making decisions out of spite because it felt like those decisions of those other men were once made out of spite. I don't think he makes those decisions out of spite. I think he makes them because sometimes you just dense and weird. Like I think sometimes <laughs> he's, he's like overexcited and overexuberant and... Not enough in his life has he probably been told, you can't do that. And one of the few times he did was by Vince McMahon. And he thought, I don't want to be told that. I'm going to go and do my own thing. And like, look what grew from that. So he's probably even justified in his thinking that when I get told no, it must mean, well, that person is wrong and I've got to go and do it my way. So I even get the mindset of this spoiled rich kid done good, you know? So like, I, I get it. But I just think, like, try to imagine that what Cody's doing isn't being done out of a maliciousness. And I think it makes it a little bit easier to make space in your life for it.
1: I, I made a solemn vow with myself when AEW started Well not when it started But when it certainly looked like it was going to be a serious thing That I would never on a video or on a podcast Try and make out like I know Cody Rhodes Just because mm. we obviously worked with him quite a bit in WCPW He was over for a couple of shows We did have a lot of conversations with him About what it's like to start a wrestling promotion Because obviously even back then like 2017 He was very interested in the idea of it It was still miles mm. away from it ever happening But it was it's an, idea, it's an idea he was starting to germinate From the moment he left WWE could we just do this ourselves? Even when that ourselves is literally just me before he'd even got in uh, yeah. with the books, before he met Connolly. I have never, I will never, ever stand there and be like, oh, well, actually knowing the guy like I do. But I can say, I f- I definitely, definitely have seen enough of him as a human being to know that that idea of once he gets an idea, he will absolutely run with it and exhaust it until either he's done this magnificent thing or he is then sure that it's, it's just a n- an ongoing. He will not sit there and be like, Well, maybe that would have been good if I'd given it a try. So, if if I think if that if that if think if you think that's what his thinking is with this, that he thinks this character, who's partially based around this insecurity people have over the Triple H stuff, over the Jeff Jarrett stuff, is worth running with. I can I can absolutely attest to that. If he's Mm. if if he thinks that's an idea, he will be going two hundred percent into that, and that does kind of I think explain a lot of the decision making process of the t-shirt probably of the tattoo you know what i mean to an extent because <laughs> like you don't get that for yourself you get that because you're trying to it's the same reason chris was started wearing really small pants that mm-hmm. time and people used to ask you chris you've not really got the physique for the tiny pants you went so you think i look stupid like, well yeah great well i'm a heel so i'm supposed to look stupid mm-hmm. I think to an extent, Cody's like, well, I'm supposed to look like I think my brand is the greatest thing in the world, even though clearly it's a bit it's a bit suspect. I'm going to get it tattooed enormous just below my face.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it, that was, um, I think that was just before, if I'm remembering correctly, just before the MJF match, which was supposed to be this big blood feud. And it was like, you've thought more about going and getting your neck tattooed than you have this enormous match that you built like a couple of years to. So he does, he just goes in, Three hundred gazillion percent, and you kind of have to assume that that commitment is for a greater good, rather than I don't know his own strange tastes or his own strange fascination. It's it's Cody, you know, like
1: my uh, my 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 final point on this is: I think everything he does, he does go in three gazillion percent. And the best way to look at it is sometimes it gives you a really terrible match that nobody's interested in, as part of a wrestling storyline that he's that the that is only enjoyed by the audience of Cody Rhodes. Other times it gives you all Elite Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, that's fair. Other times that's it bursts
1: like this incredible pro wrestling promotion. So I don't think his radar for what works is always on, but his dedication to go and find out is just, it's never, ever any less than told. That's
2: fair. I think we've done it. I think we've finally, uh, we finally fixed it.
1: We've cracked it. We've, We're uh, cracked
2: Cody. We've, we've completed the Cody Rose discourse when they said when they said it couldn't be done and we've done it at the last
1: well that is very much the uh, the theme of the what culture wrestling podcast Michael Hamlet, to to delve where others fear to tread mm. and then come out with not only hot takes but actual uh uh what's the word that I can't think of conclusions ironically yeah. enough right and not only have we completed Cody Rhodes not only have we completed AEW Rampage from a preview perspective but we've actually completed the year
2: done
1: it that's it proud that's we, we've recorded some other podcasts, they'll be going out tomorrow But crucially, tomorrow is 2022 We've just completed 2021 And before I sign us off, Michael Hamlet, Can I just quickly, just quickly Get a very small appraisal Of the year in pro wrestling from you Oh, quite quickly What's it meant to you this year?
2: What's it meant to me? Um, not that I needed reminding of it But I became Im- like immensely appreciative Of crowds the second they returned
1: Career, yes, good answer
2: Um, WWE is it's just pro wrestling detritus rather than pro wrestling and I don't know the way out because I'm not sure they're looking for it so I uh, like I have to assume we've only got more of that and I am very pleased with what I've seen this year in terms of a balance emerging in the coverage of all elite wrestling there were times where um look everyone gets swept up in the tribalism to a, of a fashion but It absolutely showed All Elite Wrestling, it did in 2020 for me, but especially in 2021, it absolutely showed itself as subjectively the strongest North American wrestling promotion by orders of magnitude to the point where for the first time in the company's existence, we were able to have conversations about the pros and cons without it just derailing entirely. I've welcomed far more earnest critiques of the company that I think were being lost to ugly twitter arguments so i like i think aw being as good as it was has invited a far more healthy conversation and i say that as somebody that is privileged to have them every week on podcasts like these and just on the podcast because i think we can fold that into 2021 discussion and the old phrase is i'm number one so why try harder but don't think that we're not going to keep getting even better in 2022 just because we've locked down the top of that chart
1: I can't believe I can't believe you've gone and done that with a flex about how we're always top of the <laughs> iTunes charts, which we are, by the way. Although I mean, we'll wait and see. Wait and see how we've done with the uh, the last two weeks of me taking over. we will we'll see, see if that's held up for the end of the year.
2: I'm sure it's good. I um, I look on a I look on a once monthly basis on that convenient day right after our pay per view reviews dropped, where the analytics are in our favour.
1: Well, yes, that's a, That's the way to do. it. So, like your bank balance, mate. You only ever look the day after you get paid, and after that, exactly. it's like, well, that's fingers it. crossed, there's some money <laughs> yeah. in there. Uh, for me, I, I managed to avoid pro wrestling pretty well for the better part of uh, 11 months and two weeks And then just
2: when I thought I was out, Michael Hamlet, they have pulled me back in How have you found, so this last fortnight, how have you found um, having uh, ever so slightly penetrated the bubble again From being able to exist outside of it for an <gasps> extended period?
1: This isn't going to shock anybody here, right, but I obviously started, and I'm a professional, I'm a hack professional, but I'm still a professional so I started doing my research and like what I missed, things I was going to need to get up on, watched a couple of the more recent shows. And I had to, obviously, the last time I'd really dipped my toe in was the Punk, Danielson, uh, uh, Cole, Ruby Soho week. So AEW, a lot of change since then, a lot of big matches. Brian Brian uh, Brian's on a heel. heel. Uh, there's a lot, lot going on there. Punk's still kind of floating around. There's this rivalry here and there. So a lot, a lot to kind of work out with AEW. And then I went and checked on WWE. It was like, still just, still Roman Reigns. It's still, he's just dragging that corpse along behind him, still the same as it was in January, the same as it was in March, the same as it was in the summer. Except now it's now Brock Lesnar's coming back. You're gonna have to learn to like funny Brock Lesnar, but that's pretty much it. Also, big E's champion, and that was like that was pretty much the sum total of it. Once I caught up Mm -hmm. on the releases, so I had to know who I was not looking out for anymore, that was kind of it. That was kind of it. It was remarkably easy, and I should say, I should say, not to pipe you off right before we go home for New Year's, mate, but yourself and Sidgwick and Andy when he helped out and Pollard as well like it's just there's no easier job in the world no easier job oh, in the world than hosting you. hosting a podcast, incredible insight such affable human beings um doing the news is a nightmare because that was just me but the podcasts have been an absolute breeze no wonder they're so well listened to
2: I'm glad you think so because it's been four years and I can still not remember Will Bourne's intro so I'm glad that you're able to take the professional role and I can just sit here and flap my guns back at you
1: Look, mate, some people are play by pay. some people are colour. That's just that's how <laughs> that's every, every presenting job works. <laughs> and on that note, I must thank you all dearly for sticking with us during the last two weeks. While we've had people all over the place filling in here and there, breaks to the schedule, changes to the schedule. But we should be back at full capacity with everybody back and all the normal stuff from next week. Because mm. all you suckers have finished your Christmas holidays and I'm just starting mine. <laughs> as of Two hours time I cannot wait uh, As I say, there will, there will be A WWE day one preview Going out tomorrow We've already recorded that That's in the can I think it's for about 11 or 12 UK time Do you don't live in the UK Work out what that means to you I'm not your mother But if you're a fan Of this sort of thing Don't forget to subscribe To What Culture Wrestling On either iTunes, Spotify wherever you get your podcast from For a daily wrestling podcasts Where starting next week We will be reviewing And previewing WWE Raw WWE Smackdown NXT 2.0 AEW Dynamite oh. AW Rampage And every single Major pay-per-view from both companies, and interviews, and roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week, complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on Wrestle Culture. But before we go, Michael Hamflat, they they deserve to have your insight on social media every day.
2: And where can they get it? They haven't liked it very much this week. At Michael Hamflat. <laughs>
1: and if you want to, follow, I'm starting my new pizza thread tomorrow. That's the pizza oh, thread, right, okay. the iconic pizza thread, where I review every pizza I ate for a year, is back tomorrow and you can get that at autumn cleary c-l-e-r-y get the entire Walk culture wrestling family at Walk culture wwe but in the meantime thank you so much for watching thank you so much for listening thank you so much for being you and we will see you soon
0: happy new year ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10 year, 100,000 mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do